Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I have a treat for you guys this week. My dear friend Steve Deshavi is joining me in what always appears to be a phenomenal conversation. Steve Deshavi is a retired NYPD homicide detective, having been with the force for 23 years. He's also a retired Marine, and of course, he has his kick-ass show, The Dead Files. As you will find out, whenever Steve and I talk, there's always a great amount of laughter. And I think we all need some laughter in our lives. I think it's the best type of medicine. (laughs) In our conversation, I mentioned a giveaway and an email address. Unfortunately, I don't know. I guess it's because I have like 20 email addresses. But uh, I said AOL, and it's actually Gmail. So folks... The accurate email is paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, let me bring my good pal, Steve Deshavi on. I'm so excited to have you on. Well, I'm happy to be on, too. Yes, yeah. For the people who listen to my radio show, you're familiar with Mr. Steve Deshavi being on twice already, so... This is his third time. Very excited about that. Steve has always been one of my favorite guests, for sure. And a supporter. I never do three shows for anybody. Are you serious? Uh, Yeah, you're you're probably one of the first people I've ever done a show three times with. I feel the love, then. Uh, (laughs) I feel the love, baby. So good. Absolutely. Well, you guys, Steve and I are friends. I I send him from time to time some back the blue bracelets that sometimes you see on the dead files. And I even did a little cute law enforcement flag for him. And so. Hanging in my office? Hell yeah. Excited about that for sure. (laughs) So, Steve, take us through a walk down memory lane. How does someone like you, who's not really into the paranormal, which a lot of people aren't, um, but how is it that someone like you becomes part, a major part, of one of the most popular paranormal TV shows out there? How did it all begin? Well, it all began with, you know, me being altered, you know, not altered, but asked if I was interested in doing television uh, because of a documentary I was on. And I was like, yeah, and, you know, did a couple of pilots and it had nothing to do with the paranormal. And then he got, I got approached to do this, uh, which I immediately turned down. Ah. Uh, but, yeah, but people get this wrong about me all the time. They think I'm a total skeptic and I don't believe in the paranormal at all. Now that I'm working with Amy, I must believe now. I mean, it's all bullshit. I mean, they don't get that. I've never said I was a skeptic of the paranormal. Yeah. I've said I've been a skeptic of people but so when i got approached to do the show i was kind of like nah i'm not doing a paranormal show because number one i'm an open-minded skeptic still a skeptic regardless and not so much of the paranormal but of what people say they've been experienced or encountered and a lot you know i I just it's hard for me to accept that 100 percent anyway however you know working with amy she does validate a lot of what people tell me so you know you, you gotta take that as you know credibility. As far as me doing the show, once they approached me about this show and I turned it down, they said, well, 
you know, I said, as long as I have nothing to do with the paranormal end of it, as far as, and you and I have discussed this, you know, I'm not walking around with a flashlight going, boogity boogity, and ooh, ooh, what's going on, and I'm scared, I run out of, you know, I'm not doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm not a child, I'm a grown-ass man, so, I'm, I'm not going to do that, nothing against what everybody else does, but I'm a professional, and I'm not going to act like I'm not a professional, so, for me, uh, the big part of the show was keeping my integrity and my reputation intact. And, and that, that's basically it. And then, for some reason, which I'm still shocked and humbled by, is nine years later, we're still filming. <laughs> and I love that. So, we're doing something right. Absolutely. You guys are one of my favorite shows. And I can't picture somebody else doing it other than you. You know, I mean... You just bring so much to the table. It's funny how you say that. Like, most of the networks turned me down for the other shows because I was too New York for them. They couldn't handle me. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> and that seems to be a big draw on the show. Yeah. I love I love the New York in you. And um, I, I think we've had this conversation where I told you my mom's from New York and all her side of the family almost. Correct. And one of my favorite things... And I still tell people to this day was when I had you on my show for the first time two years ago, and you were saying something like how people will sometimes see you like on Facebook and say, "Oh, you're at this location. You should go here." And I was like, and I'll never forget his what he said. He's like, "The fuck you think I'm on vacation or something?" <laughs> and it's like total New York voice. I was like, I loved it so much. I, I I think even yesterday I was telling somebody about it. You know you. You can take the man out of New York, but you sure as hell can't take the New York out of the man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and just like really, I, I'm out here working. You think I have time to go freaking sightseeing? And, you know, yeah. It's just, I mean, it, it's, they, they don't mean any harm by it, but I'm like, really? Sure, right. What do you think I'm doing here? You know, they see a photo of me and a crew having a drink at the bar, and they think that's all we do. That's 10 minutes out of our day. You know? Right. Yeah, I mean, 
want to really go crazy about missing something. <laughs> you guys do a great job. I mean, the viewer gets to see the spirit communication with Amy, which is always pretty impressive. And then we get to see you, retired NYPD homicide, you know, going at it. And together, you guys are so awesome. And it's incredible seeing the things that you uncover and reveal. And then speaking of reveal, that's my favorite part, the very end. And what are some of your most memorable ones? Oh, let's see. That's a good question. When you've done 160 something of them, it's hard for me to. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Probably the ones that always stick in mind is when, um, you know, people can't take what they're hearing. They have to get up from the table. Yeah. And leave. And, you know, just oppose themselves. That for me is always uh, something that sticks with me because it's like, oh my God, you know. I hate being a bearer of bad news. And it kind of brings me back to when I would be doing notifications for telling a family member, listen, your son was just killed in a drive by shooting, or, you know, your daughter was murdered and raped. And, you know. Right. You know, so, you know, making those notifications is probably one of the hardest things to do in police work. As a homicide detective, you do it an awful lot. And it's not easy to do, but. People ask me all the time, well, how do you maintain your composure when these people are crying and everything? I says, well, it's from years of experience. That's what I bring to the table. Is my experience in doing, dealing with people, you know, suffering from something or dealing with an emotional basket, you know, as far as like, you know, you just heard A, B, C. And I can sit there and tell people, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a team here trying to kill your, your baby. Have a nice day. You can't do that. You know, you got to be uh, empathetic, to say the least. Right. I, I, I'm not talking about being an empath. You know, just be a no, human being and be empathetic towards people. Absolutely. People sometimes get, you know, look at Amy and they see that you know, she has no, you know, sometimes she doesn't have an emotion about it. But don't forget, she's looking at this stuff very differently. Right. So, you know. Yeah. And there have been times where I've seen her, like, you know, wipe away a tear, you know, just like the look of shock on her face and stuff. And But people process things differently. And like you said, her situation is completely different and stuff. You know, you, you see your face, yeah, like, you know, at, when you when you take the picture out of that envelope and you look at it, you can just see the look on your face. And you know, oh, geez, this is going to be bad, you know? And, of course, somebody doesn't want to see something like that going, holy shit, this is what I'm dealing with? This is what is living with us in our house, inhabiting our house? So that must be hard, like you said. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, you know, we're not living there, and they are, and then when we go home at the end of the night, they're, they're still there, even though they have a, sometimes they have a plan or a dance or what to do, they're still going to live there, you know? Right. And, you know, we just... Uh, we just left a couple in uh, a family in uh, Florida, in Davie, Florida. We just visited. Mm -hmm. What a sweet, beautiful family. Very supportive of each other. Aww. Going through hell together. You know, you couldn't ask for a nicer family. And the fact that we were able to, you know, help them out and give them some answers where they could stay stay there and just battle this thing. But, you know, that makes you feel good. That That's the part that keeps me, as much as I can't stand traveling. Yeah. And living in shit hotels and just right. You know, people think it's so. Oh, you're so lucky you get to travel. They have no fucking clue what it's like to live out of a suitcase. Right. And show up at a goddamn hotel that you're gonna be at for eight days, and the bed sucks, the pillows suck. Oh, you know, yeah. they have no idea what that's like. Well, you know, it's not like we're staying at rich call. You know. Right. 
Well, me and you have had this conversation. You love, you're a huge animal person. You love animals. And I know you're dying to have a dog, a furry companion. And you can't because you're on the road so much. And so, no, I totally, I totally hear you. So, you guys, I just have to tell you something real quick that it's kind of funny. Steve and I were supposed to record a couple days ago. And my speaker just like went kaplowy on us and then i ended up buying two speakers mind you two different speakers one plan a and plan b neither of them worked and so i finally just went this morning and got one but i told steve steve thank you for being patient i know you love animals so every single day while i'm in colorado for the summer i'm gonna send you a picture of complete adorableness because i live or most of the time at my mom's ranch where there's chickens and goats and dogs and cats and, and ponies and so i've been doing that every day so even though he can't have a pet of his own right now he's getting enough pets from me <laughs> yeah i'm getting living vicariously from you <laughs> it was funny the 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 family that we just did an investigation for in florida they had chickens they had three dogs they had goats Wow. So I got some multiple, not some, you know, they had one dog, Max, who was a golden retriever. Uh-huh. And I just loved all on them. You know, and I, I posted the picture, and of course, everybody's, you know, a long day of work, but uh, I got, got to love on this beautiful dog, and people are like, oh, you got a dog? I'm like, what? You know, I'm working. It's not my dog, obviously. You know, it's just, well, oh, I'm so great. You got a dog? And I'm like, I don't even bother answering anymore, but this is too late. Yeah. Well, because also in the post you mentioned that you were at a, you know, at a site filming. So it's yeah. like, read the post, guys. It's okay. Just take two seconds and read it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they don't bother. Yeah. Uh, like I posted about the, so we were supposed to air June 13th for the brand new season. Hmm. And Travel Channel, for whatever reason, they postponed it to July 11th. Oh, interesting. So I, yeah, so I retweeted a, a tweet that the showrunner put out, Rob Rosen, about, oh, guys, the fans, you know, I said, hey, sorry, guys, a little hiccup in the pre-season premiere. Oh, my God, they canceled the show. Oh, What's the fuck part of <laughs> that post and anything about canceling the show? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, if I put a post out now, it's funny because the guys will look at me. They're like, I put disclaimers in. Like the other day, when I, plant, I posted on Instagram my plants, right, that I planted, of course I have to put the name of the plant in because I know I'm going to get a thousand questions about that. So I make sure I put the plant in. Yeah. But of course, they people still are ask. like, oh, what are the name of the plants behind those plants? I kind of fucked the wine, though. They're, they're, they're colorful plants. It's Florida. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. So, that, that cracks me up. That's hilarious. It's like... yeah, welcome, yeah, welcome to my world. Yeah. Oh my god! I enjoy the interaction with the fans. Uh, you know, they 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 they're very loyal, and um, that's why I try to keep keep them in the loop as to what's going on and you know how things are progressing. Absolutely. So, so you guys who are listening, and if you end up by any chance seeing Steve in your city. I know you've mentioned this both times we talked in the um, past on the show, on the radio show. Hey, if you see me, come say hi, you know, because in the past, haven't some people said, oh, I wanted to say hi, but I was, like, nervous or whatever and didn't want to bug you? Yeah, wow. And I think that's so refreshing. I absolutely you know? encourage that. Yeah. yeah, I encourage it because, listen, I don't do these fan uh, Paracon things that Amy does. She's just, I've wanted, like, twice a month, once a month. Yeah. I don't do them because... 
we know why I don't do them, and there's a lot of reasons, but I don't even have to get into it. But yeah, point being is that it's just I'd rather meet people in a natural. I don't want to meet people because they paid to come to a fucking convention. I mean, it's bullshit. Right, and, and I'm not charging them for my photos, and, and people do, and it just makes me nauseous. Um, right. Like I've said before, I just Amy does it. I don't agree with it. That's her business. She sells jewelry. Whatever the hell she wants to do, that's her business. What everybody else wants to do is their business. Right. I got to sleep at night, and I know what I want to do. So I don't go to these conventions mostly because of the issue that they want me to charge for my photos as as payment for being there. Like, screw you. You're charging people to get in. Pay me out of your pocket. Right. You know? Yeah. I completely understand. and And for me, the money's not enough for... You know, when I'm home, I don't want to get back on a plane just to make a couple thousand dollars. I'd rather just stay home. Yeah. And, and you know, and enjoy myself. And you know, I know the fans want me to go to these things, but and then I don't feel comfortable there because everybody there, you know, who's a medium, who's a psychic, who, who's into the, you know, we, you know, whatever the hell their case is, I'm the only one there that's really not a paranormal person. Just me, you know. I'm, yeah. I have nothing, you know, I don't have any books to sell. I don't have any crystals or anything, <laughs> you know, buy my book and learn how to, you know, meet demons, I, you know, I don't have any of that stuff, <laughs> so for me, I, I just rather meet people like you were talking about in the natural, organic way, so it's a lot better, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more, and that's another thing that I find refreshing about you, it's, keep it real, and you just, you know, you know what well, you know, I, I don't get the invites like I used to get, <laughs> you can cut the message, but. So before we hit the next topic real quick, Steve, I wanted, since we were just talking about reveals, you know, the viewer, we only see like 12, 15 minutes on TV uh, of the show, but I know it takes several hours. Like how long does an average reveal for you guys take? A reveal can go anywhere from, I'd say from three to five hours. Yeah. Mostly the, in the four-hour range. Usually we'll start, especially during the summer, we'll start rolling at 9.30 and won't walk out of that house till maybe 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So that'll give me an idea. And only, what, nine minutes of it is on air? Right. Yeah. And see, that's one of my favorite parts, just all that, you know, you guys getting together and the people and stuff and... Yeah, but I'm sure it's draining. It must be like, you know, take the energy out of all of you guys. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, you know what? I don't like being up late at night. It drives me absolutely insane. The producers, oh, it's got to be dark out first to film. No. It drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Because you know what? I'm an old man. I want to go to bed. You know, by 11 o'clock, I want to be in my house or in my back of my room. I want to be relaxing. Because yeah. usually the next day we're on a flight going somewhere, either going home or going to the next location. Right. So, you know, by the time you get back to the hotel, it's 2.30. By the time you, you unwind, it's 3.30. By the time you go to sleep, now you get a 10 o'clock flight in the morning, it, you know, it takes its toll. Well, instead of doing it earlier, you know, this bullshit about it's going to be docked out, you know, producers are just, I, I call them producers, and they, they think I'm joking, but I'm not, you know? Yeah. Like I call them producers for a lot of reasons. I mean, without them, there's no show, I get it. I don't get it. You know, um, there was one episode I saw 
not too long ago, and I don't think I had seen this one before, and you guys were at the New Mexico State Prison, and I know you... Yeah, talk a little bit about that location and um, just the episode in general. It was really intriguing to me. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that episode because when I'm asked a lot, what was my favorite episode of the film? Obviously, where there's people having you know stress and drop of their children are being affected. I'm never going to say that. You know, my favorite location to to investigate was Santa Fe, that right? Alcatraz. Santa Fe to me was incredible because I got a chance to feel like a detective again. I got yeah. to talk to a guy that did time there for murder. Wow. I was there during one of the what the, the bad one, one of the worst riots in U.S. history in, in a jail. You know, and that could have been a two-hour episode, but uh, you know, obviously there's contractual reasons why it wasn't. But that was one of my favorites by all the whole time. I actually walked that prison by myself with a flashlight for about two hours one day. It's just eerie to walk around. I mean, I didn't encounter anything paranormal by any stretch. Yeah. I wanted to look at it as a crime scene, so I knew what I was going to be talking about. I wanted to, you know, I went to the area where the guy had his head cut off and it was put on a spike, you know, stuff like that. And I just looked at it as a homicide detective looking at a crime scene. Yeah. And just walking those walls and those walls was, was, you know, it was pretty prolific for me. And the, the whole investigation was great. We all got altitude sickness because we weren't used to it, but right. it was funny because we went right we went right from there to I think Washington. Oh, geez. Or some Washington State. Wherever it was, it was sea level. So it's like as soon as we get off the plane, it was like, oh, I can breathe. Right. You know, so. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that's being yeah. in Colorado where the mountains are and the canyons. We would see a lot yeah. of people come through with altitude sickness, and it was like my mom had this like tea that she brought back from Peru, and she would offer it to people, and oh, they would feel so much better. But yeah, you just would see their faces, and it's like, oh, help me, I feel like I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, the first time I ever had it, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And uh, I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, why can't I breathe? What's going on? I didn't realize what was happening. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty scary. I've had it happen too. And it's just like, yeah, your body's kind of like, what the hell's going on here? I'm <laughs> being like suffocated or something. Sure. Um, so, quick- well, the thing is, I know, you, I know you get used to it, but, you know, when you're not there that long, it doesn't really matter. You know, you get used to it enough of time with that. Right, yeah, you're only there for such a short time. It's just, yeah, there's no getting used to it then, I guess. But how many people actually died in that riot? I mean... Double digits as far as... Uh, they killed three guards, uh, sodomized them, killed them. Uh, um, it was just... Anyway, it was an appetite uh, for destruction anyway, the way that whole thing, the way they ran that prison, the way it unfolded. Yeah. It was just a ticking time bomb. And I think they learned a lot from that riot and what not to do in other cases. So some good came out of it, not a lot, but some good did. Wow, yeah, pretty heartbreaking for sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that episode. It seemed like a really neat location. And I guess I haven't seen the one when you guys were at Alcatraz. What made Alcatraz? Oh, that was that? early on. Yeah. For me, Alcatraz was, uh, you know, I would never pay to go to Alcatraz. So I was lucky enough to go with the show. 
that's some place I always wanted to visit. Yeah. And once the Rangers found out I was a retired detective, they were nice enough to show me areas that the general public doesn't go see on the tour. So I got to see the dungeons and all that other good oh, stuff. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's just it's mind-boggling to see that and how you know, there's something like 60 to 100 men would be inside this four-foot-tall, half-moon-shaped cave, basically. And it's like, you just think about that, you know, how you know, these are all like army deserters and stuff like that. Yeah. But just just the thought of men having to endure that while they were in prison was just, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an eye-opener. Oh. And, you know, the whole, the whole island itself has so much history. It's just, it's so it's pretty incredible. We filmed at night, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Alcatraz. I've been there a couple times when I lived in the area. I lived like 40 minutes from San Francisco, and it was so neat. We always went during the day, obviously, but when we went on the ferry, it was always so foggy. And then you would kind of, it would kind of separate as you got closer and you could slowly start seeing the island. And it was so cool. And, um, that's really cool that you got to go in places that, you know, the public can't go to. But like you said, there's just, it's drenched in history, just so much history. And that's why I love those places. Like, sure, I love haunted things, but if it's not haunted, I don't care. I, I just love the history in general. I love learning things and just hearing about what it was like a few hundred years ago or whatever, you know, and right. really neat stuff. So that's yeah. cool that you guys got to go there. Um, so you guys are actually currently filming the newest season uh, that you were just talking about that will be released on July 11th and you talked about one family yeah we, yeah, we just uh, we just finished that that one we just finished was the last episode of season 11 oh. we're actually going to start filming season 12 when I go out next week two episodes we're going to take like a five week break and then do a finish up the final 11 episodes of the 12th season so we, we have our filming schedule that goes all the way to November Wow. Uh, we started in November, so it's been a long, long time on the road. Yeah. Well, hopefully it goes by quick, and yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it won't, though, because you... Well, it, it just seems like I've been on the road my entire life, you know, I've been doing it so long, and even when we had that hiatus last year where we didn't work for 10 months... Yeah. Um, the 10 months went really slow because there was no money coming in, and I was, I was working security jobs and all this other stuff, and... I was just like, oh, you know what? I can't wait to get back to work. Yeah. And now that I'm back to work, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get a break. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's, it's got to be a happy medium somewhere. But it, it's, it's just the life on the road sucks. I don't care what anybody says. You know, oh, you get to travel, you're so lucky. Well, get on get on your horse and go travel somewhere. Who's telling you not to? I mean, right. you know, traveling for vacation and traveling for...
like you've done with all this bullshit with producers and cameramen and sound guys and all that nonsense. Yeah. You know, you know, taking taking three hours to do a, a twenty second interview because the lights aren't right or there's a sound issue or the producer's not in set a certain way. You know, nonsense like that drives me absolutely batshit crazy. But yeah. at the end of all that, all the aggravation when you can see the look on the client, like this last episode we did in Florida, that the look on the client's face after we, Amy gave them what they need to do, you had to see the look on their faces. It was almost, almost like uh, you have cancer, but it's totally curable. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the relief on their, you know, the relief on their face. And, yeah. You know, you could just see the three of them. It was a husband, you know, a husband and wife and their daughter. The daughter was actually the client. Um, a sweet young girl, 23 years old, sweetheart, but much older beyond her years. And she suffered with cancer as a kid, and Aww. she almost didn't live. There was a whole, there was a whole backstory to this family. And, yeah. and if people watching it don't fall in love with this family, then they might as well check themselves out of the human race, because uh, right. there's no way that this family can't tug at your heart. And you to see them at the end, and give them hugs, and, and the, you know, the, the wife, the mother gave me a whole batch of, uh, fresh eggs from the chickens. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I eat every, every time I look at the eggs, I think of them. Oh, that is so sweet. That's awesome. Well, you know, there are some times when I'm watching the episodes and it's just, each episode is unique and special, but there's some families that just kind of stand out more. Like, I know, um, yeah. it was a while back, there was one of them, this, this woman who, I believe she lost her husband, and she thought maybe something, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that Kimberly, was, yeah, Kimberly the Yeah. Yeah, that was in, uh, Wolf's Hatchie Texas. Yeah, you know. I, you, I still talk to her every once in a while online. Oh. She's a sweetheart. She's doing well, her and her daughter. Oh, that's a relief, yeah. yeah I mean, every, everybody, yeah, everybody in the crew is choked up on doing that interview. It wasn't just me, I mean. Right. Just listen to that woman sob about oh. what she, you know, the guilt that she had. I mean, I grew up that way, like common sense, and my whole family. 
on the streets where confusing the situation got me out and get my ass kicked by four guys or, you know, making sure nobody took advantage of me by being tough when I had to be. You know, stuff like that. Right. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with upbringing, too. We used to talk like, like the cops that lived, grew up in Long Island and became city cops. I'm like, we used to call them East Cup Kid Cops. Because, <laughs> you know, they grew up in East Cup. We call them, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, so we worked in the streets of Brooklyn was like, okay, no big deal. These guys are all from, you know, Smithtown, Long Island. I mean, these guys grew up in what called East Cupcake, right? Well, if they were north of the Bronx, we called it North Cupcake. <laughs> and, you know, we used to break them all day. Some of these guys didn't even know what an incinerator was. Oh, wow. You know, and the people that don't live in the city, people that don't live in the city have no idea what an incinerator is. And, you know, you tell a guy, hey, send the incinerator for a gun, you might talk about that. And this guy goes, well, what's, what's an incinerator? I'm like, what the fuck? Wings and his sword, and they're like, What is that? Like, forget 
mention the tattoos because I remember the first time you were on a couple years back, you, you talked about, you know, your, uh, when you were a kid getting the tattoos and your dad finding out about it or whatever. So before we end today's, uh, this week's episode, I, I want you to share that because that is another thing that stuck with me. (laughs) that I'm like one of the only people that have 
one show three times. So <laughs> that's that's pretty uh, cool, and I'm going to be bragging about that for a while. <laughs> so uh, you guys, As you should. absolutely. So you guys keep an eye out. July 11th, Dead File season, brand spanking new season coming out. What time will that be, Eric? Yeah, season 11. Oh, yeah, they changed it to 9 p.m. Okay. So we went from 10 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursdays, uh, I guess, which is 8 Central, right? Yes. So it's a tough time slot in TV world, the most watched television night in the week. And 9 o'clock p.m. is a tough, tough time. So that being said, Hopefully our ratings will stay high, and uh, the fans. Well, I know the fans won't dismiss us, you know, abandon yeah. us. I just think getting new fans may be tough, but who knows? Maybe that time slot, that day, will bring a lot. Of, we're getting a lot of new fans lately because of them putting us on all day on Thursday. So I find that pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. That is cool for sure. Yeah. So July 11th, folks. Nine. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 Central. Yep, keep an eye out. And remember to email me at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at aol.com for those uh, bracelets. Uh, first 10, get uh, one bracelet. That's, That's awesome. I'll still That's really out. cool of you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. You oh, look- thank you for having me. I appreciate that. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> So again, guys and gals, first 10 people to email me in regards to this uh, episode, maybe telling me what your favorite part of the episode was, you will get a Back the Blue bracelet mailed to you. And I make every single one of my bracelets. They're made out of yarn, so they're pretty durable. And uh, there you go. Paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail, not AOL, at gmail.com. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I looked it up and for the New Mexico state prison riots, 33 people died and 200 had non-fatal injuries. And some believe that even more than 33 people died because some of the people were incinerated and dismembered. So who knows, but at least 33 for sure. So Steve's right. Absolutely horrible. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Check out the past ones. They're equally awesome. Follow me on social media. Just search for Paranormal Prowlers or official Paranormal Prowlers and subscribe to me on iTunes. See you next week, my friends.